0: We are back. B-O-L-D for those at home. Not sure how we spell it. It's not old perceptions. It's old perceptions. We don't have old perceptions. We make new perceptions. We see with our third eye. But got a good one today. I got Matt on who is a dating coach. Um, mind you, he's got that blue check on Instagram. We're going to have to uncover how we got that because everybody wants that. That's a hot commodity. That shows social proof. As we'll get into but Matt how are we doing what's up George good to be here it's good excited to be. yeah I'm pumped I'm pumped and I just told you kind of a the backstory behind um, how I kind of found you but I was sitting there one day I was thinking about social dynamics and you know popularity systems in high school and why people are attracted to what uh, kind of status and what is attractive what is magnetic and I was like you know what who better than a dating coach? So I searched you, hashtag dating coach. And I just said, you have defeated the algorithm or you're good at the algorithm because you popped up first. So you got that Instagram market. But how, uh, how did this come about? What led you to become a dating coach? And then we'll get into some uh, granular stuff.
1: I'll try to keep my story pretty short. Um, like most people in my field, I sucked with women in the beginning back in high school and college. I was studying computer science in college, and uh, most of my peers, as well, who are engineers, were also not very good with women. Uh, But I was considerably bad, it seemed. And this was like back in two thousand. I was reading books. I was like going out to Borders and buying books on how to meet women and just how to be better socially. They weren't really helping that much. So I started a rock band. I figured, hey. This will probably solve all my problems. I love rock music. So it was actually in high school, before college. I started learning how to play guitar, and I started a rock band, moved to Los Angeles, started a band there, um, another band there, while I was in college. And I started getting some results because I started playing shows. And, you know, girls would approach me, or I would just feel confident because I was on stage. So I would approach them afterwards and just be like, hey, did you see my band? And... So, I did fairly well for like the next five to six years. You know, band got better and better. We ended up touring with a bunch of other big bands like Linkin Park and uh, Taking Back Sunday. You know, this is late, uh, early 2000s. And so I was on, like, high. I, was getting, I was confident. I was feeling good. I was getting girls. And then all of a sudden, my band broke up even worse than before like back in high school because i had some success and then it just pretty much went away so i started i felt really depressed and i didn't know what to do i definitely didn't know how to meet girls i would go out and just get drunk i would lie sometimes to be to to be honest i was lying and saying like hey do you like rock music my band's playing at the troubadour next weekend you should come see and i didn't have a band anymore so I learned about pickup artistry, it was about 2008, probably, I learned about pickup artists by reading the game, watching the VH1 show, and just got hooked into that. And I started, I was like, this is the answer. This is what I need. So I started taking some workshops in Los Angeles with a lot of different companies. I became a coach for one company called Seduction Coaching, and it was great. I got to you know help people. And I just picked it up really quickly. But after a while, I got just kind of sick of the lines and the routines, because back then, that's pretty much all it was. It was all about like what you say. It was a little bit of like inner game out there by a couple people, but it was mostly all about what you say. So I was memorizing all these things and I just noticed I was pretty good at it, to be quite frank, <laughs> but like acting i guess i was a good actor but i noticed a lot of guys on the workshops that i was helping out at were just struggling and so i was like okay there's got to be there's got to be a better way and even at one point i hit kind of a plateau like i was doing really well i was going out you know meeting women using all these lines but then all of a sudden i noticed it wasn't working as well like i was i don't know like the lines just stopped working it seemed like maybe i just said it so many times it was coming off robotic so I just started trying to figure out, like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this that's more natural, where you don't have to memorize stuff. So I started studying naturals. I lived in Newport Beach at the time. There's a lot of surfer dudes there, and they're pretty natural. So I would get roommates um, that were naturals. I would just study them, what they were doing, and you know, just reading everything I could in psychology. And long story short, after just teaching tons of one-on-ones and boot camps and studying all these people... I figured out you know, ways that just work much better, that are more natural, where you don't have to memorize anything, and since then, been traveling all around the world, teaching workshops in over 40 countries, and just had my first billionaire client. That was pretty cool, and uh, cele- I've had celebrity clients, believe it or not, and it's just been a-, a wild, fun ride, and super passionate about helping guys become more confident, and Become the best version of themselves and attract beautiful women, meet their dream girl and become the best version of themselves in the
0: process. So two side notes, uh, a the Wi-Fi might cut out a bit because Matt doesn't lie. He's in Mexico. As we speak, I think he might be drinking tequila. I don't know if it was water or not, but no, he's got a lot of interviews today. So it's probably water. Um, side note a bear with us on that. B the pickup artist on VH one. What a classic show. I remember watching that. I was, that was before I could even, think about women. I don't think I had touched puberty yet, but it was still fun. Um, cause I think, you know, aside from building attraction and actually talking to women, the social dynamic part of it is just so interesting. Um, the psychology around it is interesting. And, uh, whenever I hear anything about it or hear or read, see whatever, all these guys like yourself, not to say you're not in the elite, um, category of the industry, but there's a lot of guys out there and they all say it starts with confidence. Um, and it sounded like the band gave you confidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's a main integral element that you teach your guys in your courses is confidence, right?
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Because women can tell if you're confident, usually within seconds, like within seconds, they're either attracted to you or not. So like, I mean, it's, it's pretty well known that women like confident guys. So it's like, how do you become that? Right. So a lot of that is getting rid of the stuff that makes you feel unconfident, the nerves, the anxiety, the maybe sexual shame or other varieties of shame, even trauma, uh, limiting beliefs that are holding guys back. I mean, it's all these things that that they don't realize, you know, they just think, oh, I just all I need to do is, you know, put on a blazer and say some cool lines and then everything will be fine. Or just take some you mentioned Instagram, take some cool pictures and whether it's Tinder or Instagram or whatever, then everything
0: will be fine. And you you might get some leads that way, but she'll figure it out sooner or later. Leads. I'm just going to liken this to Salesforce. This might offend people, but. It's just an easy way. You start getting accounts, you know? Um, And you said back in the day, it was all about what you said, which, you know, it still remains true when it gets down to actually being face to face. But like you said, now we got Tinder, we got Instagram, a lot of different social media platforms that exhibit social proof um, status. I'm doing um, air fingers right now, air quotation status, because social media mostly can be a, you know, a facade, but How has it changed with the addition of these things regarding technology? Well, it's kind of like all those things you mentioned are the, are the market like sales or business
1: terms, right? It's the marketing and then you are the product in essence. So what can happen and which often does happen, you might, somebody might have good marketing because that's fairly easy to do with just good pictures. Um, you know, create social proof, right. It's just good pictures, buy some nice clothes, go to some cool places, snap some pictures. I mean, for Tinder, you just need like, what, like probably four pictures. And that's really, you know, you'll get some, some results from that. Um, but what happens is if the product isn't solid, then basically she's going to want to return it. She's going to want a refund. She's going to have buyer's remorse. So it's never going to change where you don't have to work on yourself. Like back in the day, it was all about what you said, then it evolved to more about like how you're how you're being like your body language and getting in state. And now it's really more about the core, like who you are, as a man, your identity. And that's really what counts. I mean, it all counts, you know, the marketing is important, too. In a sense, you know, it's getting your foot in the door. Like if you're just this badass and you walk up to a woman with some horrible line or you have, you know, really bad body language, you can't even eye contact with her for whatever reason, it's not going to work.
0: So yeah. it all, it all goes hand in hand, right? That's why we take a very holistic approach. I love the business metaphor we're running with right now, because you know, Hey, a company will draw you in with marketing, right? They'll have great literature. They'll have great, you know, PDFs you can download, but eventually the company wants a demo of the product and the demo in the sense is, you know, in-person, con- in-person contact, um, eye contact, confidence frame, right? Um, what do you teach your guys regarding those first few seconds where a woman or a man, you know, whoever's talking to who uh, can, can pick up on if you're confident or not? What, what, how do you improve this first few seconds, this first impression?
1: Yeah, good question. Well, first of all, the good thing is because of the technology, less people will approach to have those first few seconds, you know, they see a woman walking down the street and they're like, damn, I hope I see her on Tinder later. So like very few guys have the balls, the courage, the cojones to actually approach. So just the fact that you do it already sets you apart from a lot of guys. Now, of course, you got to do it well. So the thing that's going to spark the attraction is really how you're feeling in that in those first few seconds. Like, and your feelings come from what you're thinking. So if you're thinking like, "Oh, I hope I don't get rejected," it's probably not going to work very well because you attract what
0: you fear. I, you attract yeah, what you fear.
1: Yeah, you you. Yeah, she's going to feel the fear <laughs> exuding off of you. And you're going to speak fast. You're going to try to get out of there as soon as possible because you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. But if you're feeling, you know, you're feeling good and you're like, yeah, that girl, she's probably going to want me. I better go say what's up to her. Then you're going to have a totally different vibe. And that's going to work much better. You can call it confidence because that's definitely a big part of it. And there's other things, of course, like when you're feeling great you're not rushing you're taking your time so when you walk up to her and it's this awkward moment because anytime a guy approaches a girl especially in a daytime situation in a bar it's less awkward because they're expecting it and everybody does it but in a daytime situation it's less common so there's going to be a lot of tension there and if you can just sit and handle that tension it shows that you have a boatload of confidence I mean, going back to, like, the reasons for that, it's probably because, evolutionarily speaking, the men were the hunters and the protectors back in the day. And so a woman still wants that kind of man who can, it feels like he can protect her and provide for her. And so if he can't handle tension, you know, the saber-tooth tiger is gonna eat him if he's like, Oh my god, a tiger and runs away. Obviously, there's no tigers now, but she just wants to feel that feel that strength basically from you. That's really what it comes down to. She wants to feel the strength. And sometimes, you know, she'll test you, she'll say things or even give you a weird look. You know, sometimes you approach a girl, I call it the what the fuck face. She just looks at you like what the fuck? What does this shit. guy want? Like, yeah. Or what, just, what is he trying to sell me? You know, if it's in a, in the mall or something, you just like, Hey, real quick, can you stop her? She's like, Oh, what's going on? You know, danger, stranger danger or something. Right. And but if you can just handle that tension, that awkwardness, that face that she's giving you and just sit in it and enjoy it and even enjoy her femininity, she's going to be attracted to you more times you know nine out of ten times a woman's going to be attracted to you because it's going to make her feel those feelings that you're that you can handle the tension you're the hunter
0: gatherer you can handle you're the way right? Right? there's the confidence yeah. yeah so and you mentioned earlier the rate of uh, guys going up to women is dropping because of social media and whatnot that made me think of a stat i saw the other day and look Everything on the internet, you can't trust, but I've seen it many times, Uh, whether it's the media trying to sell it to us or not. um, They are claiming that testosterone is dropping in men at an exponential rate. Um, Let's let's say, you know, 1980, we had eight out of 10 level. Now in 2020, we have six out of 10 level. Those are completely made up numbers, but I'm just trying to paint the picture. Um, So with that being said, is this related to dating apps, A, and B, I'd imagine that increases the tension in a, you know, in-person interaction because you see it even less because guys probably, you know, the less testosterone they have, the less they'll go up to a girl with this confidence. Yeah.
1: I think that stat is probably, there's probably a lot of truth in it. And I think part of it is because we're not going for what we want as much. Like we're not, we don't have that primal, like go hunt mentality. And in a sense, we don't, need to. Like we don't have to hunt for our food, which is great. In fact, we don't have to leave our house to get food now. We don't have to go out and even work anymore. We can just stay in our house and work. We don't even have to go out and hunt to get a woman. We can stay in our house and get a woman now, technically. So because of that, I I think it affects that. I'm sure it's other things like diet and all this other stuff. But I do think part of it probably has to do with just not going out and like getting what we want, like going after the things that we we want. We just sit home and take the easy way out, like sit on our cell phone and, and do everything that way. So I have no, yeah, I think that definitely affects testosterone. Definitely. that's like the male primal, like go out there and hunt hormone.
0: Yes, the hunter gather hormone HGH. It's an illegal drug in the NFL. But- I like it um yeah no i i can definitely see the picture you're painting um and back to when you were in your prime your first prime some you know nfl players have a few different primes like tom brady but the first one during your rock band days obviously you would have that confidence that frame and i mean of course you you know you're a good looking guy you're a good looking guy and that helps but women are less visual than guys and you need that intangible you know elements of confidence and posture whatever else what are you know the biggest failure zones for guys like what what's an immediate just pick six in terms of football if you do this or if you exhibit this characteristic you got no shot
1: yeah there's quite a few of them and i hope you can hear me okay
0: i think somebody's
1: like mowing the lawn outside or something um so, yeah, I mean, there's a few of them things that will immediately turn a woman off. So, I mean, the first thing she sees is visual. So, it's how you're dressing is going to either turn her on or turn her off. And, I mean, I see this all the time in our clients, you know, wearing clothes that just don't fit them, wearing clothes that are just super average or below average, or it's like a shirt they bought like 15 years ago and it's just comfortable and, you know, tennis shoes, yet they're not playing tennis And, you know, it's all for convenience, not for style. And that's the first thing. Because right away, if you're actually walking up to the woman, or if it's in your pictures on online dating profiles, either way, it's going to be immediate turnoff. It's not like, oh, this guy's different. Oh, well, I better listen to this guy. Or, oh, I better swipe right on this guy. It's the opposite effect. It's like, oh, oh, this guy looks sloppy. I better not talk to him. So that's one. Another one, which is face-to-face, whether it's on a date, but especially if it's approaching a woman, the first time is just talking too fast just like like we already mentioned right just like hey this is unexpected but i just saw you here i thought you were really cute and in that example i just did not only am i talking fast but my tonality is high it's very heady right it's not in my body where i'm like more grounded and just calm like i you know sound a little bit better now and so the tonality is usually way off Uh, Of course, the eye contact, they're trying to break tension by avoiding eye contact or or just breaking eye contact by just looking down. And even it's those little tiny things like looking down just for a second that not only kills the tension, but kills the attraction because she might feel like, oh, he's like checking me out, looking at my boobs and it feels a little creepy when really you're just trying to break the tension because it's awkward for you. But those are the kind of things that are indicators to her that, okay, you're afraid of her, or at least you can't be comfortable in her presence, which indicates that you don't have women like her in your presence very often. So she's basically, it's basically telling her that she's out of your league, which is why our workshops, we bring in models and we role play with models to get guys comfortable around those beautiful women. And that
0: really, really helps. I was just going to go there um, because it seems like some guys uh, there's intimidation, um, the better looking the woman is. And I was going to ask you about those types of women, you know, the elite class, we'll call it. Um, I feel like they, you know, a lot of guys can't pass their stairs or even get up to talk to them because they just don't value themselves high enough. I'm just spitballing. But is there a difference in um, what you teach your guys with those ladies compared to a lower, again, I'm doing air quotes, um, stature of lady, we'll say. I'm trying to dance less, around this. Less attractive lady. What was that? I'm sorry. I said less attractive lady. There you basically. go. LTL.
1: Yeah, uh, really what we teach actually works even better. What I've found is they, it works better the more attractive she is. So um, because, oh man, there's so many reasons. So for example, one thing we'll teach is what you need to do is show your interest or your desire towards her in a very confident, grounded, non-creepy way. So she knows you're attracted to her versus doing a friendly approach. Hi, what are you up to today? You know, something like that. But then at the same time, if you're just showing desire, 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 then it's like, oh, you really want her just because of her looks. And that's going to feel playerish. Um, you know, can work. Definitely some women are going to like that because they're going to be like, damn, this guy just really wants, wants me. And that's going to turn them on. But what works better is also maintaining being a challenge at the same time. So it's like you're showing interest in her, but it's like she hasn't sold you yet. She hasn't won you over yet. It's like her looks just got your foot in the door. But like, what else is there? Right. And that's really what dating is, is to find out. Do I want to see this person longer and longer? So when you do that in the initial approach, the initial interaction, show interest, show desire, but also maintain being a challenge. I mean, the ones that are like, you, you called them elites, like the, the 1% of attractive women, like the, the supermodels or just, you know, Instagram models or whatever. Um, yeah, man, it works even like, you'll notice their reaction is even better, even when you give them a compliment. And most guys would think, oh, well, she's gorgeous. Of course, she gets compliments all the time, probably from random guys. But the truth is she doesn't because they're intimidated by her and she rarely gets approached. She might get yelled at, hollered at, stared at, even followed, right? There was that video way back when of that girl walking around, that model, I think she was a model, walking around New York City for 10 hours, all these guys like following her and like yelling at her and all this stuff. Not one person approached her though in 10 hours, right? Because they're just intimidated by her. So it works even better. And when you challenge a woman that is used to guys throwing themselves at her, like when she does meet a guy like at a bar or through a friend. You know, the guys are usually like throwing themselves at at her at that point. They're like, they're not a challenge at all. They're just like, I'll take you anywhere. Where do you want to go? So when you're challenged to a woman like that, it's just so refreshing to her, right? She doesn't want a guy who's too easy. She wants to have to work for him a little bit.
0: So when the roles are reversed and the guy goes up initially, um, and then the roles kind of switch and he's looking for her to qualify herself to him, how is that done? Because obviously you got the approach, you got the eye contact, you got the posture, the confidence, you got everything going. But then as conversation keeps going, what are the subtle things you tell your guys to do in terms of making her chase you a little bit back?
1: It could be, it could be qualification. You mentioned that it could be like a qualification question. Like, you know, after you introduce yourself and maybe say, what are you up to right now? Or, you know, it could be a little bit of small talk. It doesn't need to, but then it might be like, well, I got to go in a second, but I don't know anything about you. So I don't know if we can hang out yet before I go, but tell me one interesting thing about you. Like, what are you all about? What are you passionate about? Right. And you get her actually talking about her favorite things, her passions, her hopes and dreams and the things that she loves to do. So it's gonna be a great conversation for her. She's gonna love talking about those things. But it can also just be the way you look at her, like you look at her like you're just not sure about her yet. It might be she says something and you're like, Really? So it could be it could be in your body language. It could be that you took a step back when she said something or you know, it could be a lot of things. In a bar, it could be you turn away from her, like mid-conversation, you know, like, like she's kind of losing you a little bit. And these sh- might sound like things like techniques or tactics, but really, they should be, it should eventually be just the way you are. Like a beautiful woman shouldn't intrigue you that much like you shouldn't be sold that quickly just because she has a pretty face and a pretty body right so as you work on yourself you start seeing yourself as higher status or higher value whatever you want to call it and you actually care more about what's beneath the surface is there inner beauty or not now if you haven't been you know we have one guy at a boot camp one time and he's like he, he was asking a question like that like tell me something interesting about you and we we're watching the footage because we, we film their approaches and give them feedback and we're watching it and we're like hey you sound like you do not care about that question or her answer like when she answers you are just like on to the next thing And he's like i don't i just want to get laid i really don't care if they're interesting or not i just haven't got laid in a long time i'm like cool <laughs> no worries i understand that we've all been there So ask a question and still challenge her based on those qualities, right? You're not going to say, hey, are you DTF? But you could ask her questions like, are you the adventurous, spontaneous type of girl? Or are you more of the, you know, calculated, don't take risks kind of person? And if she says, oh, yeah, I'm pretty adventurous. Cool. What's something like crazy and dangerous or adventurous you've done? Like you can ask those kind of questions. It's still kind of lean towards what you're looking for so the point is like don't be just sold because she's pretty i mean there's a lot of pretty women out there especially like if you're looking online like most of it is all fake anyway you see a beautiful woman and it's you know probably tons of filters and who knows what else so get some standards
0: yes the social proof can be faked on both sides with the filters and everything so that's an interesting twist in the sales process Um, and I just recently heard a quote, this was just about, you know, socializing in general. Uh, it doesn't even need to be with the angle of getting laid, like you said, but it was to be interesting, be interested, which goes hand in hand with asking questions, right? Um, do you talk a lot about open-ended questions and getting them to talk whoever you're chasing?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the more they're talking, the more invested they become as well right the more you're talking it's like you're trying to attract her so ideally it's like 70 30 ideally she's talking 70% of the time more or less and you're talking around 30% of the time but you don't want to just like ask questions ask questions ask questions that's that feels like an interrogation so you do want to say things about yourself as well you should make comments and assumptions that's a lot more interesting than just like nobody wants to like what do you do where are you from why did you pick that what got you into that Uh, like all these questions right so usually like ask a question then she gives an answer and then say something about it say something about your own experience about it or if you have no experience of it say that say really wow i've never been there what did you love about it and then go right back to another question just keep that balance of questions and comments and assumptions too. Assumptions are great because the, you know, you mentioned how people love to talk about themselves, right? You actually feel more comfortable around somebody. If you're talking about yourself more, like if they're asking you questions. Um, but the thing that people love to do, they love even more than talking about themselves is hearing about themselves. So if you mix in some assumptions, there, like you seem like such and such kind of person? people get really intrigued by that. If you're right, they're like, wow, how did you know if you're wrong? They're like, no, I'm not. But why did you think that? So it just keeps things
0: things more interesting. It's a revolving mystery. It's a revolving mystery. Um, Fortune favors the bold. We say that on a lot of our Instagram stories. How can that be translated? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but you're a professional so you can handle it. But fortune favors the bold. How does this correlate to your industry? Or the industry. Uh, You see where I'm going with this.
1: It's all about being bold. I mean, that's what she wants. That's part of like stepping into tension. So, for example, one thing that I recommend guys say, um, if it's honest, which it usually is, is tell them that they're, tell the woman you're nervous when you go up to her. If you're feeling nervous, say it. Say, hey, I don't usually do this and I'm feeling very nervous. But I just had to tell you that and then, you know, whatever you wanted to tell her, that she's stunning or pretty or you just wanted to say hi to her or whatever. And a lot of guys, when I say that, they're like, well, that doesn't sound attractive, telling her I'm nervous. But actually, it is because it's showing courage or being bold, right? Showing courage that you know, you there was a little bit of hesitancy and, you know, you know, you, you don't normally do this, but you stepped out of your fear or out of your comfort zone anyway and did it anyway. Plus, it makes her feel great. She's like, oh, I made him feel nervous. Wow. Little me. Wow. That makes me feel great. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's all about like like that's the thing about the, the dating apps that we mentioned. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I use Tinder here and there as well. I use some apps and I go on date to get, and get some results from them. But when you're actually bold and you actually approach a woman, then you're going to get way more points, attraction points, than if you just match on her on Tinder. Like, she's not, she might be initially attracted to you visually, but then, like, really, you're just relying on your looks on those apps. I mean, there's more to it, you know, having good pictures and style, there's more to it than just looks, but it's you're relying a lot more on looks. Whereas in person, you're relying a lot less on your actual physical features. Yeah, like I mentioned, style is important, but you're relying more on your vibe, like who you are, your energy. The fact that you're being bold will likely impress her or attract her. Even if she's married, like we hear this all the time. Like married women are like, well, I'm married, but this was great. Like you should keep doing this. I never get approached. Like you should do it more. And they don't, you know, they don't know we're on like a workshop
0: and like we have 10 guys like approaching girls in that mall or whatever. They're on punked with Ashton Kutcher watching. They don't know that.
1: I approached one girl one time in Las Vegas at the mall and she goes, Oh my God. Wow. This never happens. I feel like I'm on camera. Oh wait, I am on camera. (laughs) She saw the camera guy.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then what do they think? Once they see they're on camera, what's their next reaction? Well, I had one
1: recently in Miami. I
0: had a a GoPro strapped to my chest
1: and we're talking and then she looks down and she's like, wait, are you filming me right now? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then we ended up hanging out. Like after that, we went and got sushi together. And then she ended up being one of the models for our workshop the next day. So even the fact that she caught me filming her, she was still okay with it. So I've had times where they're definitely not okay with it. I was telling the guys on one of our calls last night, I think one of the worst reactions I ever had from an approach was in Stockholm, Sweden, and this girl was walking really fast. Like, you could tell she did not want to stop or talk to anybody, but she was gorgeous, and I was like, hey eh, why not? Let's see what happens. And I had my phone, I was filming a vlog, so I had my phone, like, out, you can't see, I guess, but I had my hand extended. It was obvious that I was filming, and she was just like, get
0: the fuck away from me. So,
1: sometimes you get...
0: Bad reactions when you're filming. That's a shit test, though. What if it's a shit test? She wants to see if you can overcome that one. Or maybe Oh yeah, an exactly. asterisk. But, um, okay, attraction. Girls are not as visual as boys. It's just a simple fact. It's the way guys' brains are wired. And if attraction is a pie chart, there's just way more land, landscape, real estate, taken up in the attraction category for a guy's mind compared to women. Um, what do women look for?
1: Definitely. I agree with that. Um, So they're looking for really like what you're doing. What does it say about you? Just like we talked about style, like what does your style say about you? So for example, if you're taking your time and you're just, even if you don't have a good style, you just look kind of normal, but you approach her and you're just taking your time and you're looking at her with just confidence and even desire in your eyes almost like you have this vibe like she's already your lover then she's likely like high 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 likelihood even if she's a total 10 whatever model that she's going to be attracted to you even if you're on the you know scale from one to 10 on the looks chart you're a little lower on the chart there's a high likelihood she'll be attracted to you because what She's looking for uh, well, one thing that she's looking for is besides what we talked about earlier and making her feel safe and seeing that you can handle the tension. But she's also she can feel like, oh, OK, this guy dates women like me because he's comfortable around me. Not only is he comfortable, but he's flirting with me. And I just met him 10 seconds ago and he's confident enough to flirt with me like that can turn her on. It's pretty cool when you can walk up to a girl, uh, a woman in any random situation and you can tell that she is getting turned on. I don't mean turned on, just like attracted. I mean, beyond that, like, I mean aroused. There's times where I've literally been aroused within a couple seconds of approaching the girl because I can see, see, she's like super into it. And it's just like, you just, you can feel it. Like when it's totally on, and it's obviously a
0: good feeling. So Yeah, she's looking for, what was the question (laughs) again? What is she looking for? Not even sure, my chair just squeaked. It's getting aroused apparently. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, cause I mean the visual representation, you know, girls aren't as visual when judging guys. So you're saying, you know, the confidence shows a lot, ability to handle tension shows a lot. Um, Maybe she knows you from, you know, her friends or something, you know, there's prior social status, external validations there. Um, but if she's never met you, what's she looking for? Safety is another one. Safety is big. From Obviously, the that's the number one. She wants, to, she
1: wants to feel safe. She wants to feel like you're not going to kill her or you're not going to hurt her or, you're, you know, this is a safe option. That's why guys can typically, you know, if a woman is into him, like a drunk woman at a bar or something, is like, hey, you're hot. You'll do. Let's go home. He's not going to be like, I don't know if this is safe. If she's cute enough, he'll probably just go within seconds a lot of guys, but a woman, usually it takes her a little bit more time to decide she wants to sleep with a guy because going home with him or him coming home with her is scary. I mean, it's like a new guy. I mean, you know, we're bigger usually than women and it's just scary. Like she doesn't know what's going to happen. So she really, that's why what's, what's so important is what you're sub communicating. Like she's not gonna just listen to the words you say. Like you might say these great words and how cool you are and blah, blah, blah. But she's gonna really listen to what's behind the words. That's why like, for example, bragging doesn't work. Like you just talk about like, oh yeah, I have this yacht and this Lamborghini and I'm gonna take you to my mansion. And like that turns her off because it's like, it's not about those things that turn a woman on. It's about like, okay, can I trust this guy? So that's big, like, right? Trust, safety. And also with that example, if you're bragging, it shows that you don't get women like her very much because you need to brag about your stuff to try to attract. You're trying to attract her. That's the thing. If You're literally, if you're trying to attract a woman, she knows that she's out of your league because you were getting women like her. You wouldn't try to attract her. You would just talk to her. You would just flirt with her. You just have fun with her. You'd expect her to like you.
0: Yes. You have a preconceived notion. Like you said, this is a good uh, this is a good spot to throw this in, by the way. Obviously, confidence comes with looking good and your style, like you said. Oh my god, we have a sponsor with a discount code for you to look good. What's going on? Ghost fit. If you know you want your muscles to be hugged in the right spots, you want to feel comfortable, but you don't want to play play, you know, pay that Lulu price. About half the money, ghostfit.com, ghost like a boo, ghost fit fit.com. Code bold b o l d fifteen percent off whole site. You're gonna feel good. You just will. Wear it wherever. It's versatile. But back to the show. Regular, regularly scheduled programming. That's uh, a tongue twister. Um, so confidence. It ends, begins, and keeps going with confidence. And this is in the office talking to your coworkers, whether it's in an attractive, you know, type of way or not. Like it's just for any situation socially you need confidence it goes a long way um where do you begin building that confidence where do you begin believing it too not just like you're acting putting on a show what are confidence exercises you do or have your guys do i i
1: really think there's two types of confidence there's like competence which is like being good at a skill like let's say a musical instrument, you play it often enough, eventually you feel pretty confident playing in front of a bunch of people, especially if you're in that situation in front of a bunch of people enough. So when it comes to women and dating, like just getting competent at it and just having a lot of experience of approaching, going on dates, maybe lowering your standards a little bit so you get that experience, but don't stay down there. And it's really that practice that's so important. But then the other flip side of competence is more like core confidence. It's just this belief in yourself that you truly like yourself. You can call it self-esteem. You know, there's other words for it. But it's really like you a belief in yourself. Believing like even if you suck at something, like if I, you know, had to play soccer or something, I would not feel confident at it because I would never play it. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I would get out there and I would still have fun. I probably wouldn't be scared. And I would know that if I given enough time, I could probably get good at it. So it's that like deep level of confidence where you feel pretty good in, in just about any situation, whether it be a social situation, a brand new situation, or like some weird like comfort zone challenge. You're gonna be like, oh, you want me to do what? Okay, I'll do, uh, let me think of a good one that we make our guys do. Uh, we have one where you walk up to a girl and you just don't say anything, right? Like something like that. Like, hey, real quick. And you just stand there and create that tension, right? Like, you're not going to feel as confident going up and doing that. Most guys wouldn't because it's like weird. They've never done that. But somebody who has core confidence is just going to be like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. It's probably going to be awkward, but that's cool. Like, they don't mind the, the negative feelings of nervousness. Like, I feel nervous at times, right? They don't, I don't, but I don't worry about it. Right. Um, Oh, I was like, just the other day, I was I I was like in front of um, I was on a pirate ship. I'm here in Cancun. So we went on this pirate tour where, you know, song and dance and all this stuff. And I got picked to go up there and I had to do a sexy dance. And I'm not a big dancer, let alone sexy dance. And, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for my turn, knowing I'm going to have to do this. You know, some nerves came up, but I just got back into the present moment. And the nerves went away i was like oh this is gonna be fun i have no idea what i'm gonna do and i got up there and did my sexy dance and the captain was like are you a stripper so apparently it was pretty good and but that's a situation where like it's that core confidence i definitely did have did not have the competence to do it but i had the core confidence where it's like i knew everything was going to be okay even if i make a total ass out of myself and i fall and, uh, you know, I just look totally stupid and people are filming me <laughs> and that it gets posted everywhere. Like I know like worst case scenario is that I'm like, eh, it's still not that bad. Like it'll be fun. It'll turn into a funny story. So it's just that belief that like everything will be okay, no matter what.
0: Well, and funny stories. I mean, women are attracted to humor too. We didn't touch on that, but of course they are. And so if the worst that comes of it is, you know, something funny happens. That's actually kind of a positive. It's a neck game. Just don't be a complete joker. Of course, you know, the jester from the castle, but um, there's that. Um, Which is really
1: the same thing when it comes to approaching women have that mentality that like nothing bad can happen. You go up to her and you say something and like you totally bomb and she laughs at you or walks away and you feel stupid like, so what? You didn't lose any money. Your friends still like you. Your family still loves you. You still have your job. And now you have a funny story.
0: There you go. You have a funny story. Oh the next sale, you know, but I wanted to keep this short. I could talk about this forever. It's super interesting, but really quick before we go, the business side of it interests me. Obviously you're selling a service. Um, there's a lot of, you know, business models out there this, in this day and age that can sell a service over social media channels. It's a big channel. It's the channel, I would say, I would argue. Um, You said you have billionaire clients and you work with models. You got a lot going on in the business aspect. Um, Do these billionaires want to be kept anonymous or can we have a name drop here? No, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Okay. That's big time. You got to feel cool doing that. But uh, no, that's pretty cool. How do you how do you market to these high-level people? How, how do you get in touch?
1: Well, I think it's just maybe our marketing in general. Um, I mean, um, we don't have, it's not like that's like our main clientele. I'd say our main clientele is actually, uh, it is entrepreneurs. That is that is a big part of it. Entrepreneurs and business owners, but also big chunk, well, probably the biggest chunk is engineers, scientists, doctors, just smart guys that often are either very analytical or just had to spend a lot of time in school or both. And so they didn't have time for dating. So that's probably the biggest chunk of our, of our clients right there, like 80% of them, usually guys in their late 20s, 30s, 40s. We've had guys in their 50s and 60s
0: as well, even 70s. So but you got, mostly, you got uh, multiple billboards surrounding the NASA headquarters, then. Exactly. <laughs> Tesla, NASA, all the good stuff. But pretty much, pretty much, we're based in uh, Silicon Valley. There you go, startup land. You probably had some Uber engineers. I just read a book about uh, the beginning of Uber. It was super interesting. Um, yeah, I just hear stories about that all the time. Actually, all these guys with high level jobs that give them social proof sometimes they're the most inherently unconfident, you know? So I assume it's, you know, the most important thing is just confidence in yourself, the self-esteem part. Um, Last thing, last piece of advice. Do you do any daily confidence or self-worth exercises? Maybe in the morning, before night, affirmations. What does that look like for you?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So I wake up, um, first thing I do is I listen to an affirmations audio that's about seven minutes long. That's just like Matt Artisan is the greatest guy ever for like seven minutes that I had somebody else record somebody on on Fiverr, you know, so it's not me telling myself, it's somebody else telling me, which I just think is better, but you could do it yourself too. Um, I do that. And then I do like five, 10 minutes of stretching just to get my body into a a good state. And uh, during that, I listen to this other kind of affirmation thing. Um, I, recite kind of a Napoleon Hill affirmation as well. That's like, you know, in such and such date, I will have such and such success, blah, blah, blah. I do that every day. I try to do it every night as well before going to bed. I think those are the most important times, like right when you wake up, when you're still in that kind of like sleepy, subconscious state. And then right before you go to bed, when you're sleepy again, and about to go into that unconscious state, um i do visualization as well i do three minutes of visualization usually actually that's before i get out of bed i do a meditation like right when i wake up while i'm still in bed for 10 minutes and then i do a three minute visualization where i just have three pictures that i that i look at in my mind of the things that i want and um i haven't done vision board in a a while um but i found that really is helpful as well like actually seeing depends on like if you're a very visual person, which I think, you know, what is it like 50% of people are something like that um, for those people? Yeah, definitely visualizing and looking at their goals. I had one client who had, who took a picture of Hugh Hefner with his seven girlfriends, you know, back in the day and put his face right over Hugh Hefner's face. And he did really well. I didn't tell him to do that. He did that before he met me, but he kicked ass. So I have a feeling that had something to do with it.
0: I love that stuff. I absolutely love affirmations, visualizations, all the subconscious mind work, which spills into the conscious mind. It's great. I love it. It It really does does work. work. Oh, it does hundred percent. It's looked at as cliche a lot. I don't know why. Uh, I look at it as the well-kept secret. That's not a secret at all. Like people just choose to ignore this stuff. I don't know why again, but it works. Um, So Matt, this is good shit. This is quick hitting value. I think uh, if you're a guy, you see we got a dating coach on, why not stop in? And I know damn well there's going to be women on here shaking their heads saying, yeah, Matt's correct. I'm just not going to tell people because I don't want (laughs) to give the secrets away, you know. So this was good. Your Wi-Fi held up. Enjoy Mexico. Any last words for the bold community? Yeah, I mean, really, that's it.
1: Get out there and be bold whether that's you know other parts of your life that we didn't really talk about but for you single guys don't just rely on dating apps they're good to supplement right just like you take supplements when you go to the gym they're that maybe 10 percent, but the rest should be actually being bold and when you see somebody you want to talk to at a bar club or everyday situation at the grocery store the gym wherever go up and talk to her because women really do love it especially when you're authentic and you're genuine they they absolutely love it so we'll end on that and of course you guys can find me at um on instagram matt artisan just my name i give you know there's lots of lots of good stuff there and then if you're interested in coaching or just you know finding out what that's all about. we can jump on a free call and assess your situation and figure out you know how to get you to where you want to be in the fastest time possible and help you become the best version of yourself in the process and you can just go to the theattractivemancoaching.com. dot
0: the attractive man the dot com have you trademarked the because somebody out there might get a good idea. Yeah, it might already be taken in may so authentic boldness fortune favors the bold baby love it everybody share this i'm sure you got somebody that'll be interested to hear this um maybe one of you has used one of these mechanisms that matt is talking about before and it's just confirming it works i don't know this is good stuff but definitely share leave a review if you like it if you don't like it leave a one-star review i don't care my feelings won't be hurt um but Thank you, everybody. Live bold. Thank you, Matt. Have fun on your next pirate ship and do that sexy bold dance, baby. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, George.